Welcome to the Harmony and Healing Podcast, a podcast about music, health, wellness, and activism that will help you find balance between life as a musician and self-care with health and wellness. I'm Jazzy Piggott, a tuba player, certified personal trainer, writer, and now podcaster coming to you from Lansing, Michigan with my co-host, Bree Nunley. And I am a trumpet player who is in Tallahassee, Florida, and today we are doing our first episode. We're going to talk about who we are, why we're here, and what we're up to. Um, so, Jazzy, we're both August people, aren't we? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, can we start with our birthdays? Uh, who are, wait, I'm first, folks. I'm a Leo. Um, I'm on August 14th birthday. When's your birthday? I'm August 31st. I'm a Virgo. Virgo. Hello. Yeah, that's definitely um sun and moon vibes for me. If there were any two signs to be like in the same month and like <laughs> in a perfect like. <laughs> my dad's a Virgo. Do you have any Leos in your family? My brother. He's August fifteenth. Oh, cute. Yeah, my brother's also a Leo. Male Leos are completely different people than me. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get along usually. <laughs> okay. But I love him. <laughs> Um, so you actually like, got into tuba pretty young. What was like, tell them about your inspo on tuba. Yeah, so I started playing tuba when I was 10 years old. Um, I actually started on the violin originally back in third grade because that was all I could choose. And then when band was offered in fourth grade, I enthusiastically chose the trombone because I thought it was the tuba. I always wanted to play the tuba because of Veggie Tales. Um, so when I got the trombone, I was really disappointed for a whole year. And then finally, when the school allowed me to switch instruments, I switched and I've been happy ever since. How did you start trumpet? Um, it's funny because like we have similar like um, origin stories and like we both started with a string at a younger age and we both got the wrong instrument the first year and then like landed on like our proffers later because I started off on guitar. Um, you can kind of see my guitar in the background uh, there. <laughs> her okay well I can't um, well they won't see it <laughs> <laughs> I play on a semi-hollow like white guitar right now her name's Angel and I love her but my first like ever guitar I got when I was eight was like a pink acoustic guitar I got from Walmart and it was like my favorite thing ever and I would play it all the time but um when I got to middle school I did alto saxophone my first year and then it took me a while to drop alto saxophone and it wasn't even like a thing I really chose. It was like something that was eventually like pushed away from me once I got to a magnet school and they're like, we have standards and we really don't think your saxophone playing beats those standards, but the trumpet thing's cool. <laughs> and then also um, I had like a fake tooth, my left front tooth is fake and saxophone embouchure is really uncomfortable on like that part of my like tooth. Cause I had to like bite down there. So I was like, this isn't a vibe for me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I think we talked about like how we ended up getting like put on those instruments. Your school does it differently. Like your middle school placement for instruments. How did you guys do that? Yeah, when I was growing up, um, I used to live in Boston area. So there it was, you chose your top three instruments and then they just kind of chose from the top three instruments what they needed. And then that's what you got. Yeah, is a little more like they do like a instrument petting zoo thing where they like have a person who's like actually a lot of music shops will do it for you as like a service to try to get people to like rent their instruments. They'll send out like a lessons person for each instrument or you could get like your fellow band director friends to help you. 
and you can test out each instrument and then like that person will give you a score out of 10. My top three were saxophone, trumpet, and oboe. And my dad was like, that's so crazy that you're gonna play the oboe because girls can't play the saxophone and the trumpet. And I was like, oh, bet. <laughs> Stays on saxophone for like all the way until I got first chair. And then like my gas definitely like ran out on saxophone once I like beat my spike goals, you know? <laughs> once I saw every boy behind me, I was like, I have done the deed. This is all I needed. I have learned how to play Careless Whisper. I have beaten all the boys. These are all the things I needed to learn on saxophone and I have not played saxophone since, but it is like my woodwind secondary for like music ed. So I definitely had to play like those random, like we're learning um, secondary instruments. Let's do beginning band stuff. But like, I don't play actual saxophone anymore. All right. So what do you do now? Um, oh gosh, the transition for me, like from like, I guess like baby trumpeter to now honestly started like in church music because my first time like stepping out of a, a school environment for music was definitely at um first baptist orlando which like makes me feel old already because they like changed names right after like i left slash stopped playing like in my transitionary period leaving so like now when i go back it's already like a completely different place which is weird out of a church because it's like used to be the first baptist orlando old church vibes and now it's like contemporary church at the cross like we we do violin remixes now and like we used to be like a kind of like tight chamber orchestra vibe so it's like awkward when I go back but um they beat me into a gospel lead trumpet player I was more of a uh I liked high notes that was a huge appeal for trumpet for me because I'm definitely in it for the <laughs> the big loud, that is my energy. Um, I know it's cliche trumpet player of me, but that's, it's fun. <laughs> I listen to Firebird at least once a week and that's just who I am. <laughs> um, it was not Firebird, it's Shasti Five. I'm a joke of a person. Like it's Shasti Five, Firebird, or literally just the end of pictures because I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I will also only listen to the end of Shasti Five and Firebird because I can't wait. <laughs> um, I have a whole playlist of just finales of trumpet pieces because they just fill up my heart so much. Um, but that like energy for me started with uh, gospel lead playing at First Baptist Orlando. They had like these pieces that you can find online to match the contemporary music. So like if you're at all familiar with that, it's like Holy Spirit or like a little bit of Kirk Franklin stuff. They'll find the parts for it and like they have these programs that allow you to um transpose the instruments any way you want to fit the singers so what would happen a lot for me was our singers were more comfortable in what would land in the keys of f sharp and b for me which would lead to some spicy morning sight reading wise for yeah. my 15 year old self um and also again kirk franklin is very syncopated gospel lead stuff so I had to learn quick because it was also like a mega church vibe and we were having like about a thousand people coming in every Sunday and they were making me play all three services okay. so I didn't want to embarrass myself after a while and I just sharpened up like some people in the group like you know community members like you know if I'm like 70 years old and I play like 
trombone for fun. I don't care what you think about me, you know? But like my silly 15-year-old, I'm a quadruple Leo. I have a lot of ego that I've worked on now. But like back then, I will not be caught slipping that long. So I just eventually really got into my like scales and keys and like beating my face and just figuring out, I guess, how to play like high E flats at eight in the morning, three times in a row. So then like when I got to Florida State and they were like, oh, you're gonna have to really work on like your endurance and like range. That was like the minimum of my problems because I fixated on those things, like my contemporary skills, but I didn't know how to double tongue. I barely knew how to like legato tongue, honestly, because I did so much of that like gospel lead style. And I had to like undo a lot of my negative embouchure habits from like pushing too hard at a younger age. So I guess I started my professional career in the church. And then I got to First Baptist Tallahassee, which is a super different style of church playing because they have like the organ and choir with white robes vibes. And it's mainly hymns and like occasional contemporary pieces, but they don't modulate them for people or like make it aggressively. So we have a contemporary service at First Baptist Tallahassee that's super independent and like they have their own moment for that. But like, we are the traditional service. We still do like the, uh, when I was conducting the orchestra for that, it was a solid group of like strings, woodwinds and brass. But it was like really awkward to like try to balance them sound wise because there was exactly as many strings as brass. <laughs> it's like you really have three trumpets and three violins, <laughs> two trombones and two cellos. <laughs> and then it's like one bass, but we had two tubas at one point and it was like, and then I had another person who was like, come on, can I come in the brass quintet and play tuba? And I'm like, I don't know why I have three tubas in my church group, but I'm having to reject tuba players. <laughs> so that's kind of like how I got into like a professional market of trumpet was weirdly through church music. And then I just kind of like exploited myself in my offertory videos and started like posting those on Facebook. So I would, they would ask me to do like offertories and I would do more of my like second movements of concertos I was learning instead of like random hymns because I didn't have access to like a trumpet hymn book at the time. And that's how like people found me and I got asked to be in the chromatic brass and things. That's a long story. Yeah, it's a good story though. <laughs> okay, give me yours, give me yours from the top. Make it drop. Um yeah, so when I when I chose tuba, um I I was really bad at motivating myself, but I was really motivated by competition. So like I was actually thinking about quitting the tuba for a long time. And then in eighth grade, another tuba player popped up and then I'm like, I have to beat him. So I just kept getting better. And then he actually dropped out later, probably because he his ego was hurt because a black woman being a white boy. Um, and then <laughs> <Not a concert. laughs> so in high school, the same sort of situation happened and I just kept going up the ladder. And I kept getting into all counties and all state and things like that. And I decided to go to Ithaca College to start teaching. Um, that was originally my goal. But then I realized I wasn't too passionate about teaching big classes. So I'd rather teach like one-on-one -on -one and just help students individually and also perform because I just love performing and getting up there um, and just showing people what Black women can do because people don't believe we can play our instruments. So yeah, and then that led me to Michigan State for my master's degree in performance. And now I'm heading to Peabody Conservatory in Baltimore. And actually, Bree, you're going to be in Baltimore with me soon, right? <laughs> I mean, allegedly, yeah. If I can like magically learn a recital in a month, Jazzy, I'm there. 
not me sabotaging myself. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I am also going to Baltimore and I'm going to be working with the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra as a brass teaching fellow. And I'm very excited to be, I still have met Jazzy in person. So I'm just like excited to get to meet Jazzy and um, the president of our brass collective, Yasmin. I haven't got to meet either of them in person. So I'm very hyped for this. What's the brass collective that you keep mentioning that people don't oh, know? Oh my gosh. Who is she? Well, um, <laughs> they, she, her are the Chromatic Brass Collective. We are a group open to all people and women of color. Um, and by people, I mean they, thems, and she, hers, not he's. Sorry, dudes, you're out of this game. And uh, sorry, people lacking of color, you're also out of this game. But people <laughs> of color, she, hers, they, thems, besties, we've got you. We've got the group for you. Come hit us up if you are like college age and up, or if you are a professional looking for an advisor type of role or a mentor type of role in our group, let us know. You can email us at chromatic brass. What is our info at chromaticbrass.org? Yes, that's it. Period. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Plus five XP for free. Woo! Um, <laughs> So that's us, and we plan on doing community outreach and um, schools, teaching people, having educational videos on our upcoming YouTube channel, and performing and showing people more of what people of color and brass can do, especially the female element. Sounds like a pretty good group. Does sound like a pretty good group. I'm pretty hyped to hear our launch coming out. Um, it's happening very soon, probably like around the same time of this podcast launch, actually. Okay, so we've talked a lot about our musical origins, but what about you and how did you get into fitness, wellness, and health? Um, honestly, I went through a lot of like grief in the pandemic. I lost a lot of people and not like that's kind of like a vague way of saying it. I lost like four people in the pandemic and three of them were trumpet players, not even like due to COVID. So it was just like unfortunate to have it happen in a time I was like also very isolated for the trumpet community. We lost Ryan Anthony in July. We lost Sally Tepper in September and we lost Blake Bennett in November. And I say like we as in like the International Trumpet Guild because they were all like really active members of the guild. Like Sally was a really beloved member of the guild as like just a member in like military band personnel and a competitor of ITG multiple years. She was a huge inspiration to a lot of like young female trumpet players. Blake was like a volunteer, like the last in-person conference that we had and I brought him in and he's one of my closest friends with Florida State. And Ryan Anthony is a huge icon of the trumpet community and the founder of the Cancer Blows Foundation. Um, he can attend the last in-person conference because his battle with cancer was already getting too rough, but around July in the beginning of the pandemic, he also lost his battle with cancer and we didn't get a chance to see him again whenever we get to meet again for this conference. But after like all that loss, I really had to build a better like internal system if I was gonna be going through so much trauma and not have any type of external support systems that I used to rely on to like build myself up because I'm like, because I'm like an outgoing Leo person, I'm also very reliant on community most of the time. So living alone in the pandemic and going through all that loss at the same time made me like, I do need a much better mental state than I had before. So I started meditating and really like thinking on how I 
think about myself and how I treat myself because if I'm not going to be seeing anyone or receiving like any of the kindness that I needed before to like function (laughs) I need to have like some kindness within me I can't like still be like bullying myself and like finding reasons to not like myself on the internet if like there's no positive energy flowing into my life so I made a lot of conscious effort to like make myself my own positive source of energy and finding ways to like make myself happy and more grounded in that way just because it was like I had no choice but to like you have to survive you know (laughs) then like the fitness aspect was like I need to move I am sad I am depressed and I need to move and I'm not like as good as Jazzy with like the specifics on fitness but I am an advocate of like everyone needs to move I'm like just the gym teacher here I guess I'm just like everyone should uh, get at least 30 minutes of running and jumping jacks a week a day or something I just think that's good for everyone's mental health because you can get a little stir crazy in the house and if just like dance like something just yoga something move if it's not like a whole workout routine at least move don't (laughs) actually just sit in front of screens as your whole existence that's not what humanity is (laughs) like please no (laughs) Um, so I guess it's like my tea on how Bree started caring about her health was her health was all she had. <laughs> Jazzy, how did you like start like getting in fitness? Because I know that you got like your trigger for fitness from like a long time ago, like pre-pandemic. And this is like a journey that you started earlier on. Yeah, right at the end of my undergraduate degree about two years ago, I started watching My 600 Pound Life. At the time, I was nearing 300 pounds. So when I started watching the show and hearing all the stories about people who were like, yeah, when I was 20, I was getting towards 300 pounds. And then I was like, shoot, that's me. I need to do something with my life. So it kind of sparked me trying to deliberately lose weight because before I was just kind of pretending that I couldn't do it and it was too much time or I wasn't made to lose weight and things like that. But then I actually tried and I was able to do it. So over the course of two years, I lost 130 pounds all by myself, no coach or anything, which was really happy to do. And then since the pandemic, I actually started to focus more on my fitness before it was primarily on nutrition. But when the pandemic happened, I was equally stressed and just kind of falling apart. I mean, not equally because you had you were losing people. I guess we can't compare stress. Okay, not comparing stress. <laughs> so I was stressed. Everything was falling apart. So I started to pick up running. Um, I started listening to like health and wellness podcasts like this one. And I just started surrounding myself with fitness inspirations. So then I began to lift weights. I began to just focus on trying to get like my steps increased and things like that. And then I realized at that time that I just really had a passion for um, fitness and I wanted to help other people in the future to lose weight and find a love for fitness too. So I decided to become a certified personal trainer um, with the ISSA, the International Sports Science Association. And I'm actually starting a job in Baltimore as a personal trainer in the next month or so. Facts, facts, facts. Jazzy, um, do you manifest? Don't lie to me. What do you mean by manifest? You don't know what manifesting is? (laughs) No. Oh my gosh. Wow. I asked Jazzy if she manifested just because like Jazzy's been getting so many specific opportunities that are just like, just for her that I'm like, did you like sit in a journal somewhere and was like, you know, I'm gonna be at Peabody getting my doctorate and I'm gonna get my personal trainer job and I'm gonna get this opportunity and that. (laughs) Cause like everything's just been like 
So for you right now. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but manifesting is literally just like asking the universe for specific things with no cap and just like the complete faith and trust that the universe will bring them to you basically. So I definitely manifested going to Baltimore for me because I was like uh, rushed, switched into performance from my ed degree, didn't get into grad school. And I was like, what am I going to do? It's time to manifest, baby. (laughs) And I was like, universe, I am so excited for the specific job that you're offering me that's going to give me total and complete security for a certain amount of time in a city full of people that I like period. And here we are about to live in the same city and I have a two-year contract. Yeah, no, for me that that training job was, I was going to Baltimore, I needed to start training because I had this certification that I paid like a thousand dollars to get. Um, So I need to kind of make money off of it. And then I just looked up jobs in Baltimore and I applied to one. And then the next day I got a call and then I had the interview day after that. And then like literally two days later, I had a job. I just, I I had like the most random thought. Maybe like Virgos accidentally manifest by aggressively planning. Yeah. Like it's not even like manifesting to you because it's just in the plan. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, well, I got the license, so I needed the job. (laughs) I can't not have the job. (laughs) And the universe is like, okay, Jazzy, period. You're like, well, I'm getting this doctorate in tuba, so I'm going to perform. And the universe is like, okay, Jesse, dang, you're so job. No, I love that. I love that energy. Uh, I envy Virgos for their organizational skills and um, follow through. I lack follow through a lot of the time. I'm an idea guy. Do you have tips for follow through, especially with like your fitness journey? It's like, how did you like get started and keep pushing through on that journey? Cause like you definitely like had like a starting point where you weren't nearly as like strong or as healthy as you are now. Yeah. I mean, getting started was obviously really difficult but I just started doing like the bare minimum. Like when I first started like calorie counting I just started tracking what I was like currently eating and then I'm like, okay I can go down like a little bit like that's fine and stuff like that. For me, motivation was never really an issue because like the motivation was just feeling better because I, I would see like the scale go down, I would see my body changing and then I'd be like, yes, like things are working even though it's taking forever. But I just kept pushing because I just kept wanting to see those results. For anybody getting started, just start with something that you find manageable. Like don't start trying to do like a crash diet in order to lose weight as fast as possible because that's going to fail. You're going to gain the weight back. Don't do that. I really like the idea of like neutral observation to start because a lot of people who start counting calories start immediately with a calorie deficit Mm -hmm. instead of like a neutral observation. So that's a good point too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because most people make that mistake really early. And then you might not even need to cut as many calories as you think you do. Because if you are consuming a lot, then you only need to cut like 500 to make a substantial change a week. So you don't want to go down to 1200 when you could just be having 2500. Also, if you didn't know how many calories you were having in the first place, how do you know if like the random app calories were even like your cut? Exactly. Like the app will be like, oh yeah, so like you're 5'2 and you weigh this now. Okay, well, how about 1600 calories if you want results? And it's like, okay. But if I was the type of person who was already eating 1600 calories, that's the same life for me, but with stress. Or yeah. if I was like the type to be eating like, 
I don't know, 2000 calories, that might be a big stream of a cut for me that soon. And it might just be like a bit too much to keep up with, you know? Exactly. So I never actually like tracked my calories neutrally though. Now I'm going to try that and get back to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. I've been trying to like wean off of calorie counting because I just, Mm -hmm. I have, I hit my 750 day streak on my fitness pal. (laughs) So it's, it's a problem. Because you never take like a, oh, it's Christmas, I don't care moment? No. So I saw, I was working with a dietitian this past spring who like worked me uh, with me to wean off of it. So like the last like two months of tracking is just me writing like intuitive days, but I don't want to lose a streak because it's so, it's so close to 800. I'm just like, just another 50 days. We can, we can pull through. I'm going to help you out right now. Yeah. Speaks her capitalism. <laughs> no, like. G shit. No, streaks are capitalism. Anything with a streak is just trying to keep you on their app. They don't care about you. They just want to keep you hooked. No one should actually be that tied to any like digital device. And I kind of get mad when people start streaks with me and I love when they break. Wow. I love when streaks break. Like, don't send me an apology. Thank, thank you. I hate streaks because <laughs> I hate feeling like I needed to send you something on Snapchat every day for us to be friends. We're friends. We're friends. If I still have you in my life, we're friends. We don't need to keep proving our friendships to each other. That's just, we became very capitalist with our friendships and how we use our apps. It's very exhausting to me. I like unplugging occasionally, but people make that hard with the guilt. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I still need a. I'm getting there with my fitness pal. I started a new app called Eight, where it like you're tracking, but you're just like taking photos of the food, so it's not like calorie reliant. Mm-hmm. So that's been helping me like wean off of like the numbers because before I wasn't able to like treat myself because I'm like, oh no, I have to hit my daily calorie goal of like two thousand, so I can't go over it. And then everything was like, it wasn't easy to live that way. A lot of people say. That's what I mean by like, why'd you not do a holiday moment? Yeah, I just, <laughs> just <yeah. laughs> I, I was just really like, I'm very disciplined when I'm like, put my mind to something and I have a goal. I'm like, I'm not going to lose my goal. Like, Virgo energy. Goals. Yeah. You're like, so I'm doing this and this is my life now. Do you feel like you're breaking a contract with yourself? Is that the problem? I don't know. I think that's part of it. I th- it's it's literally an ego thing. I think it's an ego thing. Uh, I'm a perfectionist, so I, I always want to seem perfect. So if I go over my calories, you know, then I'm not really perfect. But I was on vacation. I didn't track at all. Like I barely tracked, even like with the photo app, like I wasn't great with it. I allowed myself to indulge in things too. Like I had, I had a cannoli for like the first time in two years. I also um, had cannoli last weekend. Oh, really? Wow, yeah. that's winning. <laughs> I randomly saw it at Publix on sale and I was like, I'm getting a cannoli. <laughs> but no, that's dope. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. Yeah. I'm like, no, maybe I shouldn't get back on the calorie counting train because it's not like I eat enough anyway to really like need to be there, I guess. Because I'm definitely not. you have eating. a goal. Yeah, I don't have like a goal ATM. If anything, yeah. I'm still trying to like gain back my grief weight if I'm being honest. Okay. I lost like 70 pounds on accident like I don't work out that was just straight like those deaths that's what I mean like those deaths hit me hard and I was like working at food service jobs I was also standing a lot that definitely contributed I wasn't like fully starving myself I didn't have a car 
So I was like walking a mile and a half to work, standing seven hours and then walking a mile and a half back. That was definitely its own workout. And the only thing I was eating at the time was like the free meals the job gave me and like snacks I had in my house for dinner. Like, oh my God. Okay. That was just the vibe of the time. And I didn't even like, I completely, again, disassociation vibes. Um, I was just like so absent from my body at the time and just like trying to like work as much as I could to like try to get out of the situation that I was in. Cause I was in like a gap semester trying to like get enough money to go back to college and finish now. <laughs> so I was like, I don't care anymore. I just need to keep working. Everything's so sad and annoying. Like, ugh, like that was when we still had a, old Donnie around everywhere and it was like you couldn't like take a piss in a can without seeing his face everywhere (laughs) and I was getting like yelled at by rednecks every day if I ever asked them like to put on their mask like one guy straight up told me to like k-word myself one day at work and I was like it was actually like my birthday that day too I was like (laughs) I worked on my birthday just to be told I shouldn't even be alive, dude. Like, I hate this job. (laughs) Yeah, so that was like my vibes at the time. And I just like didn't pay attention to my body at all. And then I was like, wow, I did weigh 220 pounds when this started. And now I weigh like 150. (laughs) So I still just feel kind of like a bit body dysmorphic at times. And kind of just trying to gain the weight back still so I can be back at a more like happy, healthy, brief fighting shape again. But for the gag of military ban, I'm kind of at the perfect weight now. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, if you're listening to this, don't lose weight like Brie did, <laughs> please. <laughs> this is my warning that if you're grieving, you'll eventually get your appetite back. I like just got my three meal a day appetite back since my friend Blake died. That one was the hardest one to bounce back from just because he was like my first friend at Florida State. So I was like, oh, yeah, I don't like food right now. <laughs> and that just took a while to like, and that was because it was like right before Christmas time. So that's like my time to like eat all the food. But I was like, mm, all of a sudden I'm not hungry this Christmas. <laughs> but I started getting my appetite back in around like May. that's good it's a process (laughs) (laughs) the idea for this podcast it came from my blog so if you haven't checked out my blog yet it's jasminpiggott.com slash blog um and it's basically like on health wellness activism and just like tips for living a busy life and things like that so please check it out and i want this podcast to just kind of be an extension of that where we're helping people to achieve their goals in health and wellness and like spirituality and meditation and stuff like that. Bree, why did you decide to be my co-host? Um, I decided to be your co-host because I love Jazzy's energy and I really respect her like fitness goals and how she wants to like educate people. And I wanted to help and be a part of this podcast to share like what I've learned and how I've grown through like my grief and how to be better at being your own source of positivity in like my spiritual journey there. And I guess I'll be sharing more about like my meditation schedule. I've been kind of off on her, I've been a little off on her. I've also been doing yoga, but I haven't been meditating as much as I should. Do you meditate, Jazzy? Uh, I do not, not deliberately. Like I spend a lot of time, like I try to make a point a day to just spend like 10 minutes where I'm not like consuming anything, like not listening to podcasts, not listening to music, just like kind of existing. 
but I, I don't know if that's necessarily meditation because I'm not deliberately trying to clear my mind and stay. No, it's definitely a form of meditation. Um, just like allowing yourself to be, that's always like the most basic sense of meditation. It's just like allowing yourself to stop, be, be present. That's all meditation really is at its core is like trying to be present and like in the moment. But it's so crazy. Like, I guess like going back to like that random point I made about how like we're not supposed to be like sitting in front of screens all day. That consumption energy is like a part of it because it's like we're way smarter than we were before because we consume so much information, but it's also like a little more than like humans are supposed to be. Like you definitely need like a second to like not be in constant consumption like Jazzy mentioned and like put down the TikTok, talking to myself on that one. And, um, you know, step away from the Netflix, step away from the video game and, like, be with yourself. And, like, for, I guess for some people, they're still learning how to, like, be with themselves and not, like, run off with other people. I don't have enough friends to, like, <laughs> hang out with people and be away from myself that much. <laughs> so I had to figure that out. <laughs> but, Jazzy, you like being alone, like, normally, right? No. No. Yeah, I'm actually, I was like taking a personality quiz because I'm always like really concerned about my personality. Cause like before, cause it's like, it's really conflicting. Cause like I'm more of an extrovert, like I gain energy from being around people, but then I have like extreme social anxiety that makes my life kind of suck because like, I'm always really anxious when I'm around people, but then like I need to be around people. So like everything just kind of doesn't work too well. Yeah, when I have too much alone time, I get really sad, which was the beginning of the pandemic. (laughs) So. <laughs> it's just like it's such a weird vibe like I'll be fine 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 and then out of the blue I'll be like that's so crazy I'm sad <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be like nah I think we're good <laughs> like two hours later it's are you more of an introvert extrovert or ambivert I'm an ambivert I don't know still honestly like I'm changing right now for sure I told you I was like becoming a little more standoffish for a bit. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm trying to get less standoffish because I realized I was just having like intimacy issues, I guess, as like a part of like my grief issues. I was just like having issues with like letting people get close to me because I don't like being hurt anymore. <laughs> I'm realizing, so I'm like, oh no, like you gotta let people in or whatever, so. Right now, I'm kind of introverted and closed off still as just like a protective grief response, but I'm working up to being more extroverted and outgoing again, but I'm just a little, I guess, fragile still. But I'm still like just picking my company wisely because I don't have the excess energy to give people like I used to, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. But um, I am thinking about getting a roommate with someone in the fellowship the only thing that would stop me from doing that is the fact that I am a literal rooster once I'm like back in like my trumpet identity peak again what do you mean by that um when I was working at that breakfast cafe I would wake up well I would have to like get at work at 7 30 and to get to work at 7 30 I would have to leave to walk at 6 15 because it was a mile and a half but I needed to go through the university because it wasn't safe for me to walk through the neighborhood that I lived in because there's a crack house next to my house. So, um, and also at the time that I was working there, the sun wasn't up that time of day. So they would be like awake and it was dark. So it was essentially like 
2 a.m. vibes still like to them because they're on the crack and it's just dark outside. So like for my safety reasons, I would kind of like walk a roundabout path through the university to get to work. But with like all that in mind, I would I got used to practicing at like 5 a.m. So I was able to leave at 6 a.m. Yeah. So I know that once I'm like really back in the routine, if they want me to like work at a school and I'll be like going in at schools, the schedule will probably start in the morning again. And like, oh, I kind of miss 5 a.m. practice life, but I can only do that when I live alone. So <laughs> that's yeah. the only thing that makes me like, if I can't find, if they don't offer like a practice facility, because like obviously I could just like drive to like the office and like do that thing. But if that's not an option, I do crave morning practice a lot. And I don't want to be a jerk. (laughs) I also had a, my first roommates outside of my music dorm were music majors, like with the logic of, I do want to be able to practice in the morning. But one of them got, she failed her jury and wasn't in the major anymore once we finally moved in. So it was like, oh, we thought we'd all be music majors. We're not all music majors. But it was like, she still like played an instrument. I thought it would be okay. But the first time I tried to practice on a weekend, I didn't start practicing until 10.30 a.m. Because, like, obviously, if I live with people, I'm going to be considerate. And I wasn't, like, a 5 a.m. crackhead at the time. So, like, I would wait. Like, I wake up at 6.30 naturally, even in, like, breakfast job aside. That's just, like, when I wake up. Mm-hmm. So, waking up at 6.30, I like to practice at 8. That's just, like, around, around the time my brain is, like, up and ready to trumpet. So if I'm living with people like on a weekend, I'll push off that thought to like, I see everyone like up and about because I think it's rude Yeah, <laughs> be that person who like, I would never want to wake up to like a trumpet noise. And like, I respect that. But like around like 10, 30, 11 is when like, I kind of got to give up and like start practicing because my studio was intense at the time and they were like pushing on me a uh, three time a day practice policy. Have you, have you been like a part of a studio that like pushed a practice policy on you? They've tried. Ah, not that they've tried. <laughs> they have tried. What um, what was the most intense practice routine you've had pushed on you? I think it was like six hours a day or something. Like, it was like something ridiculous, and I was just like, nah. Up until this year, like I had not practiced maybe more than two hours a day, like my entire career. I I don't know how I managed to make it work, but then like this semester I had no classes, so I'm like I have nothing to do but practice. So I was like getting like five hours a day, and it was great. You know, oh my gosh, the energy that I think you're talking about with the, I did two hours a day, but like, I don't know how it worked. I think it was something I had to like flip a switch in my brain about that like classical music, like PWIs kind of like beats out of you. Like when you get there, at least they try to beat out of you. Is like, I've, when I was a trumpet player, like originally, like again, I got pushed out of saxophone and like asked to play trumpet. I was naturally good at trumpet. I've never really had to worry about being a good trumpet player until... I got to my PWI. Then all of a sudden, it was a lot of, are you good enough? Are you ready to be a trumpet player? Are you sure you've got what it takes? A lot of scarcity mindset was pushed on me about my trumpet playing that like I never had before. Like I was playing for a thousand people every week. Never had any worries about if I was gonna be a trumpet player until I got to college. And then all of a sudden it was like, I don't, I don't know, man. Can I play the Carnival of Venice? Like, am I allowed to play this piece? Can I do this? Will I, am I good enough to be in an orchestra? And it's like, but now that I got out of that mindset by just believing that I am a good trumpet player, it's just something that I am. It saves me a lot of practice time because I'm not as harsh on myself or as panicked in the practice room because I believe in myself to some base level. <laughs> 
that's just like my random rant on if you're a student of color in a PWI, please don't let them confuse you on your like natural ability before you got there. <laughs> so um, now we're gonna do a little bit that I learned at camp, fitting I'm wearing my interlocking intermediate girl sweatshirt. Go YGO! Um, <laughs> we would do this thing before we would go to bed as a way to like check in on every camper like mentally without like being too intrusive and make sure like we had like a community atmosphere. We would do roses, buds, and thorns where we would talk about our highlight of the day. Um, what kind of like sucked that day? So like the highlight would be the rose, what kind of sucked would be the thorn. And then your bud would be what you're looking forward to in the future. So Jazzy, what's your rose? Uh, my rose this week was uh, getting to go to Chicago with my boyfriend and having a nice, like really like normal vacation. Everything felt normal. It was so nice seeing crowds again. I heard live music. It was great. What about your rose? Um, my rose is my orange calcite sphere and being done with my arranging class. So I'm like one step closer to the finish line of graduating. And of course, I got to announce the Baltimore job this week and hear from a lot of people I haven't heard from in a while. So that was really sweet. And I appreciate everyone who like comments on that post. Um, uh, Jazzy, what's your thorn for this week? Um, hmm. Oh, well, my apartment currently doesn't have hot water or air conditioning for whatever reason, and I'm subleasing it, so I have literally no control over the situation. So that kind of sucks and is making everything miserable. Hmm. What about your thorn? Um, my thorn this week was apartment similar. Last Sunday, I had lightning strike by my window right when I woke up for church that had turn the fire alarm, put everyone out the building. So that stalled my getting ready process by like 30. But then it also took out our Wi-Fi for two days. So I missed a meeting with the chromatic press. And I missed, and I used up all my data for the month on my phone. <laughs> so I was like, that was my thorn. Um, but you know, we have Wi-Fi now, so it's okay. Um, what's your bud, Jazzy? What are you looking forward to for next week? Um, next Sunday, June 27th, I have my first duathlon race, so I'm excited to run that. I'm heading back to Brooklyn on a road trip, so that'll yeah. be good to do. What about you, Ree? Wait, um, what's, how long is a duathlon? Can you tell me Oh, long? okay. So it's, it's two miles running, 10 and a half miles biking, and then another two miles running. Wow. So how yeah. have you been on training for that? Do you, like, leave a bike somewhere two and a half miles? <laughs> <laughs> So I've been training by just like getting really good at running and really good at biking. Um, okay. And then like, I've been doing some brick training sessions. Brick training is when you like combine both things at like the same time. Um, but like, I haven't been good at doing them like right one after the other. Cause here, like I have to take an elevator with my bike to come get it. And then like, I had to run. So like, I'm getting like a five minute break in between each like discipline, how, how it is here. They say transition doesn't count on the race day. So like, I'm not really like too worried about like, you know, how fast it's going to be. But yeah, I've been getting good. Like I did a 25 mile bike ride this past week. And then I was doing some seven mile runs the week before. Um, and then the vacation, everything kind of fell apart, but I'm trying to get back on it. And then I'm going to be light this week in order to prepare. Yeah. Nice. What are you going to eat this week? I don't know. Food. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you had like a we're going green <laughs> no, no I, I don't really care that okay. much I mean I'm going to be traveling like it's a 13 hour car ride back to New York so 
oh. I'm going to be stuck with the, you know, road trip food, whatever that entails. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think of my favorite road trip food is definitely the um, bare naked granola with dark chocolate chunks. Oh, that's really good. I love that one just because like when it melts and it like combines, it just makes it like perfect, like clumpy granola with chocolate bits in between. I was like obsessed with that during band camp in high school. It was my favorite snack. It was like the only thing that wouldn't upset my stomach, but it would like fix my sugar craving after like working out. Not working out. I don't know. Were you the type of person who went, did you do marching band? Yeah, I did. Did you feel like you worked out? I mean, I did, because at the time I was like, I didn't do anything. So so much work. And then the sousaphone doesn't help because it hurts. Bad. Oh my God. I remember my friend Derek one time like hurt his ankle like genuinely. And like I had to like pick up his Sousa and bring it back for him. And I was like, I am such a good friend because this hurts. (laughs) (laughs) I have never played. Because like my baby self couldn't even hold up my trumpet at like, I hated like the press box horn angle because it was just like my baby arms could not do it. You know, back in my day, we would tie dinkles to the bell. That way you build up the arm strength to pick up your bell. Have you seen that? No. It is a gross Southern tradition. Okay. <laughs> it's a Southern like marching band, like hazing tradition to tie your marching shoes to the bell of your horn. That way if your horn angle was weak, by the time they took the shoes off, obviously the shoes weigh twice as much as my trumpet. So once you take off the stupid dinkles, yeah, I'm going to do the normal horn angle effortlessly because now I'm jacked. <laughs> it's very fun. Um, but my butt of the week. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, my butt of the week is, oh, vacation Bible school. Oh, I love VBS as a kid. Literally, I'm so hyped because I never went to VBS as a kid. So oh. I'm doing like my first VBS and I'm doing like the music side. I need to like memorize the dances today while I finish up some arranging assignments. And I'm also taking my last class at Florida State starting next week. So it's like, wow, such a fun time. Things are ending. Also, the summer solstice is coming up. So <laughs> that's just a good time. Thank you so much for listening to Harmony and Healing. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Harmony and Healing Podcast. And you can find me personally at the Jazzy Tubist on Facebook and Instagram and at my website, jasminepiggott.com. And you can find me on Instagram as at radiant underscore trumpeter. Thank you for listening and see you next Thursday. Yep, I have it. It's in the script. Ah! It out. <laughs> You're like <laughs> I'm sorry, SML would fire me, dude. <laughs> You're right. I'm trash. I'm the garbage man. <laughs>